Kampuchea, the Revolution Rescued by Erwin Silver Introduction Implicit in the title of this book is a positive political assessment of a particular historical development, the forcible ouster of the Pol Pot regime in Kampuchea in 1979 and its replacement by the present government of the People's Republic of Kampuchea, PRK. As the title suggests, I believe that this action was an absolutely unavoidable first step in an attempt to rescue the Kampuchean Revolution from the disaster which had overtaken it during the course of Pol Pot's domination of the Kampuchean Communist Movement. I have focused the rescue particularity on the Kampuchean Revolution rather than on the people or the country as a whole in order to underscore the political rather than simply the humanitarian dimensions of those events leading up to and subsequent to January 7, 1979, the day the Khmer Rouge regime fled a deserted Phnom Penh and the world began to learn what had actually transpired in Kampuchea over the course of the previous 39 months. Likewise, embodied in this assessment is a polemic directed against a wide range of views on the left concerning that crucial turning point in the class struggle in Indochina. Some are bound to look askance at the choice of a polemical method, therefore an opening word on that point may be necessary. Marxist methodology, in general, tends toward the polemical precisely because Marxism is, at its best, a partisan and engaged science, whose purpose is not merely reflection, but action. In fact, Marxist theory developed philosophically as a critique of condensing bourgeois theories concerning the historical direction and instruments of revolutionary change. Marxism's theoretical legacy therefore, is replete with works of an explicitly polemical nature, from Marx's critique of the Gotha program in Engels' Antidoring to Lenin's imperialism and the state and revolution, and as the communists increasingly take responsibility for the class struggle as it actually occurs in history, political polemics with other forces on the left who have differing assessments of the same events cannot help but proliferate. No force on the left which shies away from such polemics can never hope to establish a vanguard relationship with the most politically advanced elements in the working class, and ultimately with the class as a whole. Few recent events in the international class struggle are more pregnant with polemics than developments in Kampuchea. Any serious attempt by the communists to offer an assessment of developments affecting that country must take on the very real polemic which erupted at the time of Pol Pot's ouster and which, in a variety of forms, continues to echo today. The Debate's Terrain The immediate point of controversy, of course, concerns whether or not Vietnam was justified in taking military action to oust the Pol Pot regime. Those who say that the Vietnamese were not justified genuinely argue one or more of the following propositions. First, Vietnam's aim in ousting Pol Pot was the Congress and political domination of Kampuchea, the crucial first step in a Soviet-backed scheme for regional hegemony 
which poses a threat to other countries in Southeast Asia as well. Second, the great virtue of the Kampuchean Communist Party, KCP, under the leadership of the Pol Pot faction was that it was based on the principles of self-reliance and defense of national sovereignty, and that it fought for those principles against the tendency fostered by the Vietnamese communists within the Kampuchean Party to subordinate the Kampuchean Revolution to the Vietnamese Revolution. Third, the line of the KCP on socialist construction during this period was a staunch and vigilant anti-revisionist line, Hader, 1978, page 7, which represented a revolutionary critique of revisionist Soviet and Vietnamese models for building socialism. Fourth, Regardless of whatever may have been wrong with the line or practice of the KCP under Pol Pot for Vietnam to send its armed forces into Kampuchea in order to establish a government more to its liking was an unpardonable violation of the principle of national sovereignty. The present work is, in essence, a polemic directed against these propositions and the political conclusions that flow from them. In the pages that follow, I will attempt to demonstrate not only that the Kampuchean Revolution under Pol Pot's leadership became a grim caricature of socialism, but that the KCP became a dangerous renegade force which brought the Kampuchean nation to the brink of destruction while also posing an immediate and pressing danger to the stability of the revolution in the other countries of Indochina, especially Vietnam. I will also try to show that the very arguments used by Pol Pot and his supporters to prove that Vietnam, for its own reasons, as well as on behalf of the Soviet Union, is bent on regional expansionism, are themselves reflections of a deeply-seated bourgeois nationalism brought into the Kampuchean Communist Movement by Pol Pot and the forces grouped around him. For these reasons, Vietnam's actions in providing the decisive military strength needed to oust Pol Pot and to prevent his regime from returning to power present a necessary defense of the Indochinese Revolution as a whole and, in particular, constitute a timely rescue of the Kampuchean Revolution. More precisely, the thesis advanced and documented in the pages that follow is that the general line of the KCP under Pol Pot was rooted in two major deviations from Marxism-Leninism, a narrow chauvinist national exclusivist conception of the Kampuchean Revolution, which violated one of the fundamental laws of the revolution in the countries of Indochina, the indivisibility of the revolutionary process that history and objective conditions have imposed on the three Indo-Chinese peoples, and an ultra-left idealist conception of a peasant-based egalitarian socialism which has nothing in common with historical materialism and which attempted artificially to impose on Kampuchea a new society outside of history. It will also be shown that Pol Pot's general line represented a radical break with the line of development of the Kampuchean Communist Movement and was fiercely opposed by major sections of that movement. In fact, that it was only after the brutal liquidation of all opposition within the KCP that this line was able to be fully implemented. The Debate's Importance my purpose here is neither academic 
nor to rake up old arguments for their own sake. For over half a century, Indochina has been a critical battlefield in the international class struggle, and in many ways it still remains so today, ten years after U.S. imperialism's ignominious defeat, testimony to the intractable nature of imperialism's determination to seek out every point of vulnerability in a revolutionary and socialist camp. In the case of Indochina, this relatively normal post-revolutionary expression of the class struggle and imperialist counterattack was able to exploit two noteworthy factors particular to the revolution in that region. One is the fact that although the Indochinese revolution was victorious as a qualitatively single process on a common battlefield, it unfolded through distinct national forms. As a result, the renegade political forces, which developed from within the revolutionary process itself, the Pol Pot faction of the Kampuchean Communist Party (KCP), was able to carry through its line from the vantage point of state power. The second is the fact that the Indo-Chinese Revolution, for reasons which will be explored subsequently, encountered active hostility from its powerful socialist neighbor, the People's Republic of China. As a result, normal imperialist efforts to undermine the revolutionary victory acquired an extraordinary, on-the-spot military force willing to take main responsibility for the enterprise and lend it a modicum of socialist legitimacy. These two factors had combined to make Kampuchea the weak link in the Indo-Chinese Revolution even before 1975. The transformation of the KCP into a Maoist party in the mid-1960s had produced serious strains on the Indo-Chinese Revolution even during the most intense points of struggle against U.S. aggression. This was intensified from 1975 to 1979, when Pol Pot's disastrous social policies began to undermine the material and social basis for the Kampuchean Revolution. Today, Kampuchea continues to be the focal point for imperialist-inspired, counter-revolutionary intrigue directed against the countries of Indochina. The re-established Kampuchean People's Revolutionary Party (KPRP) and the Kampuchean masses assisted by Vietnam, the Soviet Union, and other socialist countries have performed what even many anti-communist Western observers acknowledge is a miracle of social and economic revival, particularly in view of the fact that China, the U.S., and Thailand continue to supply and host a counter-revolutionary war along the Thai-Kampuchean border. That war is, in essence, the same war that the revolutionary peoples of Indochina have been fighting for the past 50 years. To be sure, there have been some shifts in the cast of characters. The old colonial overlords, the French, have long since departed their Indochina graveyard. People's China, once a crucial ally of the Indochinese people's struggles against France and the U.S., now sees its own national interests better served by attempting to keep the revolutionary governments of Indochina weak and divided by maintaining its alliance with the U.S., but the underlying conflict remains the same. The revolutionary movements of Indochina, which, for almost three generations, have held down one of the decisive battlefronts of the world's struggle against imperialism are still arrayed against their same basic foe, 
imperialism headed by the U.S., aided by the now-ousted and embittered reactionaries of the three countries. And in terms of the future of Indochina, the stakes are also still essentially the same. Will this region develop and consolidate as an outpost of socialism in Southeast Asia, or will it once again be subordinate to the interests of imperialism? This consideration alone would make a clear political understanding of the present struggle in Kampuchea of the utmost importance for us. But there are other considerations which make an understanding of this particular issue and the class forces involved in the Kampuchean struggle today of special significance to the U.S. left. One is the fact that the Kampuchea issue is being consciously and extravagantly used by the U.S. ruling class to undo the Vietnam Syndrome, which has been a significant fetter on imperialism's freedom of military action elsewhere in the world. A Wall Street Journal, August 15, 1984, commentary, for instance, notes that the President Reagan's objective of trying to prevent communist takeovers in Central America is being most vigorously opposed by people who are part of or inspired by the anti-war movement of the 1960s and 1970s. Citing the case of Kampuchea, the article goes on to state, it's time that the halo of moral purity be removed from the heads of those who vilify an anti-communist policy in Central America and invoke the Indochina experience as justification. In a similar vein, U.S. News and World Report sees active U.S. support for the Kampuchean counter-revolution as the end of the Vietnam Syndrome that has paralyzed America for 10 years. With the leading ruling class ideologists having so clearly stated their stakes in the Kampuchean debate, their political opponents cannot afford to lose that debate by default. Two. The present struggle around Kampuchea is probably the most politically intense expression of the remaining contradiction between Maoism and Marxism-Leninism anywhere in the world today. Maoism's wrenching break with the socialist camp, its ideological assaults on the Soviet Union, its rupture of the international anti-imperialist front, its increasingly explicit alliance with the U.S., and now its leading role in attacking the Indo-Chinese Revolution, all provided a lifeline to U.S. imperialism precisely at the moment when it was enduring major defeats, particularly in Asia. The revolutionary triumph in Indochina, in particularly the victory in Vietnam, has helped undo much of the Maoist damage. It has served to reestablish the revolutionary vitality of Marxism-Leninism throughout East Asia, offering an alternative to the narrowly nationalist and frequently ultra-left conceptions which Maoism had brought into the Communist parties and revolutionary movements in a number of Asian countries. In this sense, the defense of Marxism-Leninism as a fundamental line of the revolution throughout Asia is also at stake in the Kampuchea debate. Finally, the debate over Kampuchea is unfortunately not yet a settled question in our movement. While many who were among the most vocal in their denunciations of the Vietnamese actions in 1979 have since thought better of their earlier positions, their line adjustment has usually been made in an extremely pragmatic fashion that does not address forthrightly the basic historical and ideological issues embodied in the polemic. And there are even some, the diehard 
Maoists, to be sure, but others as well, who continue to muddy the Kampuchean question with historical misrepresentation, factual nonsense, and gross distortions of Marxist theory. It is with these active debates in mind that the present work has been focused. Following this introductory section, Chapter 2 traces the historical development of the Kampuchean Revolution from 1930 to 1975 as a polemic with the Maoist charge that throughout this period a central goal of the Vietnamese communists was to subordinate the Kampuchean Revolution to its own hegemonic interests. In particular, this section discusses the origins and significance of the founding of the Indo-Chinese Communist Party, the call that party for a future Indochina Federation, the political controversy surrounding the 1954 Geneva Agreement on Indochina, the differences between the Vietnamese Communists and the Pol Pot faction of the KCP concerning the armed struggle against Prince Sihanouk in the mid-1960s, and the conflicts between these same forces in the period immediately preceding Pol Pot's seizure of state power. Chapter 3 details and assesses the policies of the Pol Pot regime during its years of state power from 1975 to 1979. This includes an analysis of the political questions underlying the growing military confrontation between Vietnam and Kampuchea during these years. It also reviews and analyzes Pol Pot's conception of an anti-revisionist model of socialist construction in Kampuchea. And finally, there is a discussion and documentation of the fierce struggle internal to the Kampuchean communist movement, which raged in those years. Chapter 4 takes up the rescue of the Kampuchean Revolution and the controversy which continues to surround that process. Here, the charges leveled by both imperialist and Maoist ideologies of Vietnamese colonization and exploitation of Kampuchea are discussed. This polemic frames a discussion of how the KPRP is unfolding its general line on the four central questions facing the Kampuchean Revolution. Kampuchea's social and economic revival, the struggle against the armed counter-revolution, the long-range perspective on laying the foundations for socialism, and the relationship between the three Indo-Chinese countries. Chapter 5 is a theoretical postscript which undertakes the, to discuss the Marxist point of view on the question of national sovereignty. Do communists support it as an absolute principle, or do they see it as limited by other political considerations? And how this applies to the class struggle in Indochina historically and at the present time.